0: and today I'm going to be talking about political representation within the American political system specifically focusing on the Latinx community and talking about some of the issues and misconceptions that it currently faces Uh, so I hope you guys will join me on this journey and hopefully learn something new so anyways let's get started complicated to say the least Uh, partly because so many aspects that make up its foundation and its general structure are so interconnected and entwined with one another you know as they should however this also means that when for example one of its limbs fails to do its job it can prove catastrophic for the whole structure and it can ultimately lead to its collapse so uh, it is for this reason that I think it's very important that we all have some sort of understanding of the mechanics and workings of our political bodies so that we can help prevent such a crisis from happening. However, for today, we shall focus specifically on one specific branch of politics, which is not only important to our political system, but also to our democracy, and that is our political representation. And so political representation is in itself very complex as well. You know, in general, it focuses on the dynamics of the relationship between the voters and the representative and how the representative represents its constituents or its district. And there are different ways in which this relationship can play out in the political arena. There is the trustee model representation in which members of Congress make their decisions based on their own knowledge, meaning uh, whether they support a bill or the implementation of a policy, a reform, or a law is solely dependent on their own political knowledge or political beliefs or ideologies. And then there's the delegate model representation, which essentially means that the representative elected ought to represent the views and the ideas of their constituents or their constituencies, uh, so those who he represents. And oftentimes, we tend to think that political representation simply means having politicians who look like us, you know, whether that be in terms of race, ethnicity, or whatnot, elected into Congress, though the more technical term for this type of representation would be Descriptive representation, which, according to political scientist Hannah Pitkins, refers to how close a representative or a representative body resembles those it is representing. And so this can encompass both social identity, whether that's in terms of sharing uh, the same gender, race, class, sexuality, religion, etc. And also it can refer to your shared experiences and or interest. So obviously descriptive representation is indeed an important aspect of political representation, however it is not the only one. You know we also have formalistic representation which refers to the institutional structures that are put in place to essentially formulate or create representation itself. So referring to those institutions that give authorization to the representative, so processes that give them power, for example, through elections, and also those institutions that create accountability, so the methods created to hold these representatives accountable. For example, one of them could be the fact that we can vote them out of office if we do not like the direction that they're taking or the policies that they're implementing or supporting. And so there is also symbolic representation in other words, the emotion or the response generated by the representative, so their appeal to the public's emotions, and uh, they themselves can also represent a symbol to the people. For example, uh, President Barack Obama represented a symbol as he was the first black and African-American president to ever be elected in the United States. And in addition to this symbolic representation, we also have what is argued to be the most important form of political representation, which is substantive representation, which essentially refers to the actual actions taken by the representative on behalf of and for the well-being of its constituents. Because, you know, representation is not simply about looking the part, but also acting the part. So it asks the questions of What policies are being implemented? What reforms are in the works? What actions are being taken by this representative to address this issue or that issue? So, all of these questions are important to ask ourselves and our representatives in order to ensure that our needs are being met. Now, you may wonder, how effective have we been in upholding these different facets of political representation? And well, you know, when it comes to descriptive representation, we have certainly come a long way, at least if you compare it to let's say 50 years ago. You know, Now we have more BIPOC politicians and women being elected into Congress, yet even still we see a lot of disparities within, for example, the Republican Party and also the Senate, which are mainly still made up of white men. So many marginalized groups continue to be underrepresented within American politics and are essentially made invisible not simply within congress but also in other aspects of society seeing as politics is essentially in everything that we do. But how exactly do groups of people become invisible in the first place? And well oftentimes it's due to the groupings of people of diverse backgrounds, races, ethnicities, and cultures into this one big group. Thus if you're not part of the majority of that group beliefs interests and struggles are overshadowed by the majority and you essentially go undetected and ignored and this is especially prevalent within the asian community and also to an extent the latinx community which is often overlooked and it's an issue which we shall be specifically focusing on today Millions of Latinos and Hispanics go underrepresented every year in the United States because of this grouping, and I think it's important that we acknowledge that one, Latino is not a race, it is an ethnicity, nor are Latinx and Hispanics a monolith. We are made up of a variety of diverse groups stemming from different cultures and races. However, despite this, this often goes undetected when we fill out forms, for example. In some forms, you have to identify your ethnicity, whether you're Hispanic or Latino, and your race. However, this has been a sort of new development. In the past, what commonly tended to happen was that Latino and Hispanics was categorized along with races, so they essentially put Latinos again into this one big group. And in the latter forms, again, it makes the struggles of different diverse groups within the Latino community invisible. And in the former, while you can identify your ethnicity and your race, there are still several issues with this. Uh, Because while there are white, black, and indigenous semantics and Latinos, there are still those who do not fit into any of these categories. So they're the ones who are clearly not white, but cannot really claim to be indigenous, either because they are not specifically connected to a certain tribe, nor do they practice their cultural roots. So most of them are conflicted as to what they identify as. Some may utilize the other category to write what they actually think they identify as. However, the majority of them simply don't answer, so their voices are essentially silenced. And this is also a prevalent issue amongst those who identify themselves with MENA, or Middle Eastern North African. And sometimes they're not even given the option to check uh, that they are Middle Eastern or North Africans on forms like the U.S. Census, which decides not only the amount of federal funding different communities will receive for the next 10 years, but also their political representation in Congress. So how many seats in the House of Representatives will this district or this area have? And if these groups of people go undetected, they do not receive the benefits from these programs and again are made completely invisible. Though, for the purposes of this discussion, we shall mainly focus on the invisibility of different groups within the Latinx community. However, I think that it's still very important to acknowledge the fact that this is an issue that is not only occurring within the Latino group, but also amongst other different marginalized and minority groups within the United States as well. Now, US Latinos and Hispanics are again often treated as a homogeneous group by the media, which leads to poor campaign recruitment and outreach by politicians wishing to win the quote-unquote Latino vote. Uh, and so often they don't really address the many issues facing different groups within the Latino community, because again, the Latino community represents over 20 different Latin American countries with their very own unique heritage and culture. Yet, in the media, there's often a stereotype that all Latinos are Mexican, therefore, most of the discussion around Latinos and Hispanics revolve around issues specific to Mexican-Americans and not so much about, let's say, Afro-Latinos or Indigenous Latinos. Thus, given their diversity, they have very different interests and goals in mind, and their beliefs and ideologies are not the same. For example, Cuban-Americans in Florida may have very different political ideologies from, let's say, Mexican-Americans and Chicanos in California or Texas and other Hispanic-Latino groups. Meanwhile, white Latinos can also have very different beliefs from BIPOC Latinos, and some may be more conservative and others may be more progressive. And so, most of us are very different from one another. We also differ in gender, nationality, sexuality, religion, social status, political ideology, education level, and even language. Because although the majority of us may speak Spanish, we also have very different dialects. We can also speak our very own indigenous languages. Or Portuguese, as is the case in Brazil. We also differ in our English proficiency, our citizenship status, employment, and so on. However, despite these many differences, the Latino vote continues to be viewed as a single entity by politicians, and therefore they again cater to the majority groups within the Latino community, which oftentimes tends to be Mexican-Americans. However, it is not only politicians and political parties who are guilty of this, it is also Latinos themselves. Which is why I want to reach out to Latinos and attempt to acknowledge the disparities and issues being faced by many marginalized groups within our community who are often overlooked by grassroots movements and other civil rights organizations. I think it's important to, for example, give support to the Afro-Latinos all the way from the Caribbean, Honduras, Colombia, Panama, Brazil, and so on whose voices are rarely given much opportunity to be heard, and also to the Latinos who identify themselves as indigenous and to acknowledge the racism and discrimination they face as well. And so, while there is certainly a lot of overlap in our cultures, histories, language, and foods, we are again not a monolith. Y entiendo que a veces nos sentimos muy orgullosos de ser Latinos, de nuestra hermosa y diversa cultura. Sin embargo, es exactamente esto lo que hace a nuestra comunidad tan increíble, nuestra diversidad. Y tenemos que reconocer los problemas que muchos de nuestra comunidad están enfrentando. La unidad no significa simplemente beneficiar y disfrutar de la cultura de cada uno, pero luego fallar de reconocer las luchas de los demás dentro de nuestra comunidad. Necesitamos proveer apoyo a nuestros hermanos venezolanos, colombianos, chilenos y brasileños, cuyos países y familiares ahora mismo están enfrentando muchos problemas económicos y inestabilidad política. También debemos proveer apoyo a nuestros hermanos centroamericanos, cuyos derechos humanos han sido violados por el gobierno estadounidense. También a nuestra gente indocumentada, quienes viven en un estado de constante ansiedad y temor de ser separados de sus familias. Y también a los trabajadores de factorías, carnicerías y agricultura, cuyo labor también está siendo explotado. So, if we want to generate growth within our community, we must first acknowledge each other's differences and struggles. As for the government and politicians, they must create political strategies that meet the different needs of Latinos and Hispanics. For example, asking what's important to Puerto Ricans and Dominicans in New York City, what's important to Mexican Americans in San Antonio, Texas, what's important to immigrant farmer communities in Washington and California. These are just some of the questions that politicians must ask themselves in order to improve political representation within the Latinx community. And so essentially, it all comes down to the question, why is ensuring That everyone within the Latino community and subsequently all other communities are represented in politics important. Does it matter? Is it important that we are and that we feel represented within our political system? Is it just a waste of time? Does it make a difference? And to answer this, yes, it does matter. It does absolutely make a difference. When we feel that we are being adequately represented in Congress or within our political system, we feel trust in our government. And it can lead to further participation in politics, whether that be by voting, taking part in grassroots movements, protests, rallies, speeches, and whatnot. And it can also lead to political efficacy, meaning that citizens feel uh, trust in their ability to really change the government and influence political issues. So meaning that they... Uh, believe that they have some sort of power in changing uh, political affairs or in changing the structure of our government. More importantly, descriptive representation often leads to substantive representation, meaning when you elect someone who shares your same identity and or your shared beliefs and ideologies, it is more likely for there to be actions taken, for policies and reforms to be implemented to protect your interests. And so, American politics, once again, is very complex. It affects not only political life, but also economic and social structures within the United States. Because politics is an everything. We cannot really escape it. And it is because of the strong hold that it has on society that we must ensure that things are running as they should. Especially in an age in which we are becoming increasingly more divided, with our democracy in a very fragile state and becoming weaker. And something which can help bring our democracy and our political system back on its feet is ensuring that everyone, no matter the background within the United States, has equal and fair political representation. Because we cannot call this a democracy if many marginalized and minority groups continue to be silenced and ignored. And in the case of the Latinx community, we must not only acknowledge the struggles and diversity of our people, but to ensure political representation for all, we must also elect representatives who represent our interests and have our well-being in mind and also take action on our behalf. They must not simply look the part, they must also act the part as well. And well, that is all I have for you folks. I hope you got to learn something new today and I encourage all of you to please try to research more about different communities to get a better grasp and understanding of how they function and also learning their diversity. Uh, And so thank you so much for joining me today and I hope you all have a great rest of your day. Thank you. Bye.